0: Um, thank you so much for joining us. Um, now, so many people love you for, well, they remember that you brought the future into their lives when you were presenting Tomorrow's world. World. Um, and now we're living a little bit, well, possibly a little bit further into the future, the future that you painted for us, effectively. Um, and you're as strong an advocate for the scientific world as as ever. Um, but what, what I find quite interesting is before it all began, you wanted to be a vet and um, and that's that's what slightly ignited your interest in science and I, I just wondered if you could um tell me a little bit about that, yeah, well,
1: as a you know a young teenager, this has helped me so much in with the work that I do now where I'm working with teenagers and uh, trying to help them understand it's a really big world out there. there's many, many things you could do, but uh, you know my my world was quite narrow. I lived out in the countryside. I thought in terms of my future, I wanted to have a job that meant I could be outdoors. And I loved animals. I particularly loved horses, my parents at that stage, we couldn't afford um, a horse. So I felt this my pathway to having a horse was becoming a vet. and. I've always remembered the you know my seemingly logical thinking behind that because that's how a lot of kids think you know it it's not about um, I really enjoy these subjects that isn't where you start always with what you want to do sometimes you've got there's a certain thing that you really want to to achieve or or, or do and that will really drive you and so you know in terms of exciting young people understanding what it is that they really love can be a pathway into opening their mind. Because if you'd said to me as a young teenager, all right, so you really like horses, do you? Well, what if um, you, you thought about, uh, you know, whether it was sort of uh, a new, a radical new way of feeding horses, you know, and that that would have been an entry point into chemistry for me or uh, so. Yeah. So um, I did want to be a vet and then so I knew the sciences were really important and physics and maths were fine. But ironically, chemistry, for whatever reason, I just could not get my head round. I really couldn't get my head around it. And I was a very proud teenager. And I thought, well, I'm not going to fail my O-level. So I will not take it. I will not do it. And I dropped it. And then years later, when I on Tomorrow's World, I, I thought, what was it I found so hard? Because I'm meeting you know, people who work in, you know, whether it's in chemical engineering or whatever, and I'm able to grasp really quite complicated ideas. Uh, and uh, you know, and to this day, I don't know what it was. Uh, and it's very easy to go, oh well, you know, you didn't get on with the teacher or whatever. And I, I'm not lazy enough to say uh, it was because of a teacher. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was the syllabus or whatever it was. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to be a vet. And if you go into many schools now, and you've got young girls who are interested in the the sciences, so many of them will say, "I want to be a doctor. I want to be a vet. Might be a pharmacist." You know, they're, they're, it's quite narrow. And as you know, the you know whether you're talking about the world of chemistry or the world of engineering or technology, there are a million and one jobs and career pathways and different routes in and And, yes, some of them will require you to have really good a level grades and go on to university. There are other routes through apprenticeships. So uh, there are you know and, and still young people don't get that information
0: in time no, you're right. I can I so identify with that completely. the the, 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 the lack of inspiration that goes on, I think, in some educational settings and you know maybe not all and maybe maybe you get a one-off but whatever you experienced is the potluck that you ended up with um and that and that's the one that you have as the the grounding for your life and, and it's really tough on schools and teachers because they want to provide that rich
1: experience and uh, uh, you know the, the thing that really drives me is a need to change what happens in schools so that the teachers have a bit more freedom to actually teach because the it, it's sad, isn't it, that if you've got a class of, I don't know, 25 30 in front of you, <clears throat> and you've got to get through certain things, if you've got a kid with their hand up going, oh, can you just explain a bit more or what about? And they mention something which is, you know, slightly off the, you know, the the path that you the rest of the class are on, you've not got the time to answer that question. You've just got to shut it down. Mm. and and, you know and for some young people they they will go along with all that for others if they're constantly shut down they'll close off from that subject and just go well it's not for me
0: obviously and that that really is a shame um you're right they should have a bit well in my opinion i agree with you a little bit more freedom to um let let children ask the questions and go down those areas of interest that come to mind in the moment yeah because they are
1: naturally curious Mm-hmm. And if you're able to tap into that curiosity, I, I, then you are absolutely opening windows and doors for yeah. them. It's it, it's a lovely, lovely thing to be able to do. Exactly. And equally you build on something that a young person is interested in. Um, and I mentioned that thing about perhaps you could think of a radical new way of feeding horses, because there was a student in our Teen Tech Awards program who did exactly that. And and, and I thought, oh, this is like little me and and she the her knowledge was extraordinary way beyond i mean she was i don't know 13 years old and she was what she had produced in this project was way beyond a level way beyond but she was interested um and and yeah how lovely it would be just to give schools a little bit more freedom and i'm not saying that this approach works for everybody but it works for a substantial number of young people who at the moment are stultified or squashed or made to feel no good
0: by Mm. the systems we have in place so you you really did stop going down that route because you didn't get chemistry um which which is understandable you know it's not necessarily obvious why you're doing it at the time if I remember I I couldn't quite translate what I was learning in chemistry to a real life scenario um which uh, you know I I'm comfortable saying was the fault of the teacher. Um, <laughs> um, um, but um, nevertheless, you maintained an interest in science. Yeah. Uh, what what was it? What hooked you well, despite not pursuing it as a career in its own right?
1: Well I was always I was always interested in the world and the way it worked and the way it functioned. And I was that kid who dismantled things um, and tried to build things. And also tried to, in a, my own small way, invent stuff that I was that had that kind of mindset. And my dad actually was—I mean, he was—you know—he was an accountant, and but he was really interested in technology himself, I and mean, so he encouraged me to think about it. So I never lost touch with being interested, and um, and I suppose you know, rather like you're sort of saying, you know, how can you? relate that interest you've got into what might be a future career. Um, now, I certainly didn't think for a minute that I, I would be able to turn that into a, a a future career. But with the benefit of hindsight, I can see there were all sorts of things that I was doing on the side because I was interested. So as a for instance, I took a year out, which was very unusual at that time do after school and it was purely because I was in such a mess I'd done arts A-levels because I'd done an absolute 360 degree turn and I was still you know had this annoying feeling I'm still not quite sure I know what I want to do but one of the jobs I took in that year out was I worked at a theatre and I worked in the lighting department and the sound department of that theatre and you know, one of the roles I had was um, it was a technical role, and I loved it, really loved it. Again, didn't really think this was something I could turn into a, a career, but I was doing it because I was interested, and I and I loved it. And obviously, all these things were you know built stacking up, so that when many years later, after I left, well, I, I left university, and I'd I'd done. A, a few years presenting on children's telly, and I was asked to join Tomorrow's World. I absolutely felt like I'd come home. It was wonderful. Uh, I hesitated before I took the job because I was still haunted by not having done O-level chemistry. still haunted me. Uh, but I, you know, it was like going to university all over again, um, except doing the sciences and also doing the sciences uh, in uh, admittedly a rather keyhole form. So you'd become an ex- expert on an absolutely granular uh, yeah. part of science. And then you had to really get across the background that lay behind whatever that granular piece of of, uh, of science was. But it was really interesting. And, and obviously what, what Tomorrow's World taught me was storytelling how you actually tell a story and you know that applies in the classroom uh or on, on on telly that that being able to tell a story being knowing where does it start what what is the point where someone will go I've really got to find out more about this this is really interesting me um yeah so it was it was wonderful to have I I felt like I I'd got a second chance actually wow. when I did as well I thought this is this is my second chance and and funny enough I was I was with a whole group of people producers and presenters who worked on Tomorrow's World very very recently and we were just talking about how incredibly fortunate we were to have the luxury of exploring you know topics which sometimes were absolutely way beyond the horizon as well as you know being developed as research projects at, at, at university. It was it was absolutely fabulous and I, I, I loved it. So this is a very long-winded way of answering your question. And I think uh, fundamentally, I was a very, very, am and remain a very curious person. Mm-hmm. I like finding out new things and I like learning new things and I think probably now because I am so very ancient I'm less worried about failing so I know that sometimes you might it might take you a while to grasp something or you might not be right all the, you know all the time and I'm quite comfortable with that
0: yeah I think um, that makes a lot of sense
1: yeah and I think it's important you know this because this is the because the, the point really about why I'm so keen to help young people understand why a good knowledge of of science and tech is important um, isn't just because there are great careers which obviously there are but it's also because having a level of scientific literacy has never been more important because people you know whether it's on um the the tally or social media or or where people talk sometimes a a load of absolute rubbish and you have to be able to question them and you have to understand hang on a minute (laughs) i'm not so sure about that and if you've just got level of literacy you would think well you know they're saying they've done that piece of research you know how, how big how many people were in it oh research base of 15 people well you know might not be quite so sound uh, but just being able to question things being able to understand why because sometimes sometimes in science there can be a right and a wrong sometimes in science there is a well when we don't really know we're still trying to find out and that's also important and and sometimes science is very much about going well we thought that but now we have re you know we've got new information or we've got you know re examined the data or whatever has happened and we now think something else and that is what happens with with science that whole process and i think that was the thing That was shown so clearly in across the pandemic was people not understanding that what was happening was that everyone was learning.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think you need to have a certain amount of agility, mental agility to understand that, yes, we thought this then, but three weeks later, three months later, we now think this. And there's a reason behind that. It perhaps might not have been amazingly well communicated as to the development in that comparatively short space of time, and it would have been hard, I think, because of the lens that was on it, it was, it was a spotlight to every, everyone, I don't think there's, any, what would have there have been anything like it, Not certainly not with the accessibility to the media channels that we have nowadays, with so, so many, you know, the majority of the nation fixated on one thing because it was affecting them all, and then, you know, feeling like they were being shoved from pillar to post because as the commentary was going, the science changed. But of course, that's the nature of science and that's the point of it. It will change, it should change.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Um, and uh, and uh, as I say, that that comes into that that science literacy and why it is really important that, you know, we maybe look at the science curriculum so that it's delivering, not only for the scientists of the future, but for the really valuable citizens of the future
0: yeah exactly um I, now i said uh, um when i introduced you almost quite assumptively that we're perhaps a little bit further in the into the future than tomorrow's world might have offered <laughs> but i wondered if there was anything that they said would be around or that we we've, we've gone light years beyond or that hasn't or that is just starting just now or just completely crashed and burned yeah
1: it it's really it's really intriguing because what what we did a lot particularly in the era that I worked on tomorrow's world which was you know throughout most of the 80s and then uh, early 90s was we looked at a lot of areas of of both science and technology in a very keyhole fashion <clears throat> uh, so we would have a particular piece of tech uh, and what i've seen happen over Quite a long period of time has been you know the you know when these areas have actually come together in some way uh, i think that is another perhaps another issue with the way we approach um all of our teaching actually that we we put artificial dividers in line so where do you draw the line between chemistry and maths or chemistry and biology Mm-hmm. Or chemistry and data science.
0: That's a good point.
1: And uh, or chemistry and ethics. You know, all the you know all of these things are intertwined, aren't they? Uh, so I, it's. I, I I think we we need to look at not having subject areas in these neat little pockets and and thinking that we can box them off uh because increasingly you know the, the that mix of uh, um of you know, uh, uh, subject areas is driving forward the the future so in in terms of things which i i demonstrated i mean i, I always remember very clearly standing in front of the massive satellite dishes at Goonhilly in, in Cornwall and saying, this is the dawn of a digital era. And I can date it precisely because I was pregnant at the time and my daughter is now 35 years old. So it, it was quite prescient. <laughs> and and obviously, we, we are still building on that on that prediction, mm-hmm. you know, that whole, when you look at the way you know various things have changed what chemistry is um Mm -hmm. over that period of time And, and a lot of it is to do with a lot of it is to do with um with data but in general if something was going to be a success on tomorrow's world it was it could take around 15 years you know, that was often a, you know, like as I say, that was that was the position in the 80s when we and obviously there were certain things that we demoed. And but many things took about 15, 15 years to to move forward. Uh, and uh, so it, it, it's easier to sort of see some of the the successes. But the big themes of tomorrow's world, like how, where is the energy coming from in the future? How are we going to feed the world in the future? You know those those questions we're still trying to answer in a truly satisfying way these are the big questions of our time you know we're still struggling aren't we to to mm-hmm. work out well what is the what is the answer what do we do
0: um the terrible trouble is it seemed then that those were you know almost academic questions and it, we're getting further down the timeline to the point where they're not they're really not academic but it somehow feels that they're being still treated academically conceptually think, rather than practically
1: <laughs> i think it's very hard for people to grasp that you know that things like climate change you know the movement of populations um the you know that that this is you know these are the really massive massive issues of our time mm-hmm. and the we've just got to be a bit more generous in the way that we go about sorting them out I mean I was just delighted when you know finally we're back in the EU science framework yeah absolutely I know how how fun what fantastic news that you know that that was because having scientists able to work together is the only way forward on all of this and then there's another big um slight social hat on here is we've just got to get our heads around the fact that when we're producing solutions, these have to be whole world solutions. This solution has to work for everybody because it has to work for everybody. I, I always remain optimistic about what can be achieved with science and tech, but sometimes when you see the divisive nature of, you know, and um, the way a political system is really encouraging divisiveness amongst its own. You know the, the population around issues, which actually are, are relatively trivial. Um, you'd think, gosh, this is this is like you know this is a massive mountain to climb when people are deliberately being polarized about what they think about something. Um, and as you think, well, you know, how on earth are people going to come to terms with the fact that you know here in here in the West we get there are probably some fairly massive compromises that are going to be made around lifestyle. Because we have to support a whole planet, not just the fact that we want to have, I don't know, a massive American fridge or whatever. Um, it, it's uh, There are bigger things at stake.
0: encourage the Americans to have little English fridges. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I know. But you see, you're looking at someone who can remember the arrival of the fridge in my house. Uh, it was a very exciting moment. I think I was about six years old. And my parents got a fridge and that meant we could make our own lollies because it had an ice compartment it's a tiny fridge
0: That's
1: it, it was absolutely the most exciting thing um so yeah it it's it's very funny how now we we all think we need we need so much more
0: yeah i think um it's, it's a real it's a real. Well, I don't know what the word is, but um, you have to choose really between aspiration and impact, I suppose. You have to constantly understand that everything you do has an effect on everything else. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a hard one, and especially you mentioned that the, the political landscape, I just as as, a, as that of a, a divisive landscape. And I and it's I, I wonder when that actually happened, because my recollection when I was growing up was that we had a government that governed and didn't really... It didn't feel divisive then, when I was great. It didn't it? Really didn't feel divisive even in my teens, and perhaps even in my early twenties. It didn't. If the election times, of course, were quite brutal, but I don't remember the the actual in in between governing times feeling divisive. I think that's quite a comparatively new feature. Um, <laughs> my feeling is we have to lead by example. i you know, if we can change it in the in the science and technology world and lead by example, we then then it'll have that impact on what what may or may have gone wrong politically if we can say anything's gone wrong it might just be a natural evolution I don't know and um, I'd like to think that we could, could return to that cohesive nature of governing that I remember when I was growing up
1: it's interesting isn't it you, I, I, I'm not a you, you know a, 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 I wouldn't classify myself as being a, a incredibly articulate about politics but I do watch obviously what's happening um and the the thing that disturbs me i mean i think it i mean i don't know whether you can say it began with brexit but brexit certainly highlighted a level of polarization and where people would shout what they believed with their hands over their ears and wouldn't listen and you know this is you know obviously led to a lot of um discomfort in in terms of where we are now um in the in the uk because there wasn't on it you know there was no honest debate at all around what brexit might actually mean and and also why it was being done it Mm -hmm. was it was it was almost like it was like a massive battle happening on a field completely encased in fog and noises just coming out of the battlefield. So you had no idea, really, what was what was actually going on. It was, you know, what the, the things that were being said, you know, from crazy campaign slogans written on buses and all the rest of it was nonsense. It was all nonsense. Um, and then, you know, we, you know, we're left with an outcome, which everyone is unhappy with. No one feels happy. <laughs> the people who wanted Brexit are going, but this isn't the Brexit we wanted. And then the people who didn't want Brexit are going, well, there you are. We said we didn't want,
0: you know, it, it's... um. It's but- divisive in its own right, you know, even that, even that retrospective yeah. on it, you know, how, how can you move past that? Well, we told you so moment. Mm. That's not helpful either, really. I think, you know, accept what's happened, make the best of it, whether it was right or wrong, Is you know, is almost largely irrelevant now you know as i don't know who said it but we are where we are but i think then if we then refocus on on it from that science angle the question is then how can we improve nationally as a sector i mean you mentioned horizon that's brilliant we're back in the project that that driving forward and being able to work to, in collaboration internationally is going to be a great help um and hopefully maybe that'll have a knock-on effect with the curriculum as well what do you, do you think it might, or is it simply the answering the big questions of our age?
1: Well, I think with with, with things like Horizon, you know, so it, it's it's an old truism, truism, isn't it? You know, several heads being better than one and sharing, you know, the way other countries are approaching the, you know, the, the, the teaching at whatever level, whether it's at university, whether it's at primary school level, then the there are things that can always be learned and I think I think it is just maybe about being able to work out well what what are we trying to achieve with you know especially the with the early years you know primary first few years of secondary because that's where people either seem to develop a a love of science and enjoy it and don't see it as a hard subject uh, or the opposite, where they go, oh, I'm not sciencey, and they they think, oh, <laughs> no, I don't want anything to anything to do with this. And the, uh, you know, like the, uh, you know, we seem to lose our way slightly because there's so much. I mean, I mean, you know, very sort of basic levels. For instance, there's so much chemistry in things like cooking. There's so much chemistry in art. Simply mixing the paints, you know, or whatever medium you're using, you know, this is chemistry. Um, and but somehow there's a, this feeling, oh well, art is fun, art is I'm not saying easy, but anyone can pick a paint brush up that this thinking. Um, whereas chemistry, ooh, that's quite you know, that's quite difficult. But yeah, um I I I think we we need to really look at the way we approach the teaching of 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 certain things. It could be much
0: fresher, couldn't it? I really um, like your what you said before about actually removing the those barriers in between the subjects. I think that really does a lot differentiating between those really focused subjects, chemistry, biology, art, maths, you know, they, they are all, they are all um interwoven. I feel like yeah. that that's a yeah. really poignant point.
1: I think it is really I- important and, and you need all of these things, elements of those, those different subjects. Um, I am very interested in what the Welsh government are doing they have a new curriculum which is and I and I'm not going to do justice to the Welsh curriculum now by trying to describe it but it it is around um not making those firm um lines between subjects mm-hmm. and, you know they you know where you know students have got the opportunity to develop work on what I would say is it's rather more project based learning and then you you pull in knowledge from you know various different areas i know te- teachers some teachers have felt quite nervous about it's a different uh it's a different approach mm-hmm. but if i think it's an, an interesting way because it's so much more easy to relate that approach to what you said earlier which is the real world because you're not always having to think well what why am i even doing this it's very obvious why you're doing it because you've got whatever the project is it's a real world project yeah. so you're your knowledge is is related to something that you is tangible. Um, you know, you can see why you're you need to learn whatever it is to uh, you know create the the project that you you want to um, have as your final your final piece. Uh, you know that my instinct is that that is a really good good way to learn and that you learn more. Um, it's I can absolutely see it can be a more challenging approach in terms of teaching because you've got 30 kids wow. <laughs> doing, doing their thing. Um, so I can absolutely see that. But also the skills that you're learning, you're learning in a, in a sense, because you know, this is the other thing, isn't it? It's, it's that the learning never, ever stops. It never, ever stops. So the most important thing to do is to learn how to learn.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I, you know, it's, it, That approach is a little bit more like, more like learning as an adult and learning on the job and getting used to that feeling of starting something when you really don't know how to do it. And then being able to just pick little things up on the way break it down into manageable bite-sized pieces, and then roll with it, learn some bits you'll like, some bits you won't like, but overall you get the job done. And that's a much more, I think it's a much more realistic grounding for the real world. Mm. It's really, really interesting. I hadn't heard about that.
1: I, I think it's a, a, an approach worth watching
0: certainly
1: yeah. that they, they have felt that you know what has been referred to as um you know stem should you know that they need to uh, you know that those subjects are entwined mm. because there's maths in it in most things in you know, geography <laughs> uh, so uh, having having things uh, you know seen to exist in pockets um you know, isn't always helpful for certain students. And obviously, you know, if you want to become, you know, know, a biochemist or a mathematician or the rest of it, well, yes, you are going to progress to a depth of knowledge and there will be certain things which you will need to understand and be able to work with. Uh, uh, You know, I'm not about simplifying things, but I am about think about how you might want to try it an engagement process that works for more people because at the moment it's working for some but it would be really good if it worked for more whilst you know you don't want to trivialize the subject in any way but you can see the impact when you know students who you know are completely capable of you know progressing in in a subject get tripped up at a very
0: early stage. I wonder if it's I wonder if it's because it made it complicated for marking. If it, I wonder, I'll, It'll be interesting to see how, how they managed to do that in Wales, mark, yeah. how they managed to mark everyone, because part of me thinks that the motivation is slightly skewed because of exam results. Um, because if, if it wasn't all about exam results and it was about inspiring children and getting the best out of them without having to prove it per se by demonstrating the exam results, I wonder if that could maybe lead to something a little bit more exciting. I don't yeah. know. It'll it'll be really interesting to see how that unfolds.
1: You see, that is an idea, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's quite interesting. There are a number of companies now who are not recruiting on exam results.
0: Oh, are they? Really? That's good. I think that's good, at least. I mean, aptitude and soft skills and all the rest of it. And like you say, not to detract from anyone who's put their all into a particular subject and become a master of it. Brilliant. We need that too. But not everyone's going to do that. So this is for everyone else really I think
1: yeah. well well, it, it's around you know I suppose that what that what what some organizations have learned is that academic quali- qualifications are certainly not everything in terms of assessing whether or not someone is going to be a great fit within your company and if your company is really does require people within it to keep up to speed with whatever's happening and making sure that everyone who joins it is really keen to learn new things um it and is and really cares about whatever it is that your company does and produces you know whether it is tech or you know whether you know whatever it is um you know packaging or what but it, that you care about it then you know that is really important because you will go a lot further with someone who is happy to understand you know why well we may have made our packaging materials out of whatever before but we're not going to do that anymore um because of you know because of the environment so we're going to rechange all of that and and doesn't get too hung up on the fact that you've got to completely get your head around something else um but yeah yeah so i find that quite i i find that um refreshing mm-hmm. uh, that, that 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 has been identified you know that they have identified they, these things are more important than the number of GCSEs or A-levels or even degrees that somebody somebody might
0: have yeah yeah very much so um I wonder sometimes when when people are in those professional settings what what actually motivates them more um whether it's their their desire to solve an existing problem or if it's their imagination about what could possibly be without actually having identified a problem first whether you've noticed the difference in people and how it affects them in their work
1: We've um, We've run like the the Teen Tech Award program for I think we're in our eleventh year now, and uh, as you say, there are two approaches to innovation. There are, "Oh, I've got this amazing idea approach," and then you try and think, "Well, where could my amazing idea be used?" And then the other approach is, you know, identifying a problem, something you know it might be a really trivial problem. It might be a personal problem. It might be a global one. But whatever it is, it is something you can identify, and then, well, how might I find a solution? What what might I actually do? And the second where, the second thing tends to be much more satisfying in terms. You get much further with doing something in in that kind of way. It's not to dismiss the first approach completely. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying. And so, what from my experience has been quite interesting is how far young people are prepared to go when they do identify a problem, which is very meaningful. And some of these problems can be very sort of sophisticated. So for instance, this year, we've had a young person who had, she spent a couple of years in hospital, felt that boundaries were not always observed. And what happened a lot was that she had to keep explaining what her boundaries were to members of staff within the hospital so she has worked on an app which will help members of staff very quickly see patient x which sets out you know how how that patient feels about certain things now this is quite a i think quite a sophisticated idea um and you know she you know she's a young student and you know and she took that quite has taken that idea quite a long way and she's being um, supported now some people within um, children's hospitals were interested in, in her thinking. Um, so that had come from absolutely understanding a problem. She totally understood that, pro- that, 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 that problem. And many of the teenagers projects that we see come from real, you know, lived experience of some kind, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, you know, so it might be say so that, that, that happened to be one, which was, based in um patient care mm-hmm. um there was uh, you know a, a kid who was fed up with having to change the tires on his bike if he was you know when he's like on the road or off-roading and all the rest of it so he developed a, <laughs> an, an innovation that you know sorted that that particular issue out and and so it is that i, I think that being able to create projects based on on a problem on and sometimes projects on lived experience because you totally understand that problem because you have faced it. I, I always say to the kids, you are experts at being teenagers. Nobody, I, people, Apple, whoever, they they are not as an expert on the teenager as you are. So, so <laughs> think about, you know, what matters to you? What, what irritates you? What would you like to, what would you like to see? Um, yeah, it's... Um, it, it it's interesting how how far they how far they will go.
0: Indeed, you've mentioned uh, Teen tech a few times, um, and I haven't mentioned that you are CEO and co-founder of Teen Tech, um, and you started it with with your co-founder, as you said, eleven or so years ago. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit more about about Teen Tech and um, what what really triggered you into starting it in the first place?
1: It, it was a number of things that I guess came together at the same time, which was seeing that um, young people were really interested in science and tech, because I think back um, it was sort of 2007 when we first started to think about it was that the received impression was they're not interested. So we must go out there and inspire them. That, that was, that was what people thought. But when you talk to kids, actually they were interested, but they were not interested in the experiences that they were having at school. Cause that's It, it seemed remote from the real world and they couldn't, for the life of them grasp how what they were doing at school had anything to do with the the gadgets or um, uh, you know that they were so fascinated by. So, and my own daughter, I, I you know she was a teenager at the time and she was no exception to this. And so it was um, just motivated by wanting to help kids make that connection with people doing really interesting things in in science and tech at every um, every level and within all. Disciplines, um, and so yeah, so that's how you know that that's how it it began, and then we just were quite meticulous about measuring impact.
0: Mm. How did you do that? You know,
1: well, you you can measure on the on the day impact fairly easily um, without making huge claims for it. So, you know, within a, a day or a session, you can start heavily underlined in bold start to change. A young person's perceptions about a a, a particular um, industry or career pathway and then you have to build on it and and so we do a mixture of things with the idea of giving young people a what you might call a series of stepping stones so they might come to a teen tech festival and think gosh there's rather more to this world of science and tech than we imagine then they might think oh maybe I'll do a teen tech award project and then we start to connect the students with uh, we call them mentors, but, you know, they are virtual um, mentors who will, the student may have an idea, they will provide feedback along the way. And the point isn't so much the project as the connections that the student is making along, you know, along the way. That's the point of, you know, the the award programme. And so, you know, the what we've seen is that, and it takes time, is that students... Enjoy this process. They're meeting some really cool people. That it one day it might be an apprentice from um, Airbus. One day it might be the CTO of Disney. But a real mix of people doing different things um, who provide inspiration in um, in in different ways. And uh, you know the the aim is to help that young person reassess their own potential both their potential in achieving because they will often surprise themselves as well as their teachers with what they can achieve but also their personal qualities so they start to see actually I'm really good at coming up with ideas or I quite enjoy doing research and you know working out well might this work or might it not or I'm I'm good at you know, being, you know, leading a team and actually making sure that the project gets submitted on time. They learn all sorts of things and they surprise themselves. And some of those things might be specific skills or pieces of learning around an area of chemistry or biology or um, data science. They might be, you know, a piece of learning, But, but I guess also just that they enjoy the whole process and they discover that this is really, you know, this is really enjoyable. You know, over time, the contact between tech, they they just see the different pathways into industry, and we get them into as many companies as we as we possibly can, so that they they can see, oh, there's you know, there's people like me there, and this is approachable, and actually, this is you know, because think different things work in different ways. For some kids, it will be, oh gosh, this is the most amazing building. I'd like to work here. Look, they have all that free
0: food. <laughs> it's
1: it's really crazy, you know. But that is what makes a difference.
0: What kind of what kind of companies are you working it, with?
1: All, all sorts. So you'll have organisations, so big organisations like uh, like the NHS, because we want the students to see. Yes, you could be a doctor. Yes, you could be a surgeon. However there's quite a lot of things happening within the NHS that you might really enjoy doing. Um, So we have, you know, events on NHS sites on companies like um, Atkins, for instance, um, a a design and uh, construction uh, company. So uh, with the same aim of saying, you know, it's not all about wearing a hard hat and tramping out in the mud. There's quite a lot of things and we work on many different projects Uh, and it could be you know a tech company it, it's but I mean basically we just want the the students to understand that inside every building that they probably walk past on the on their way to school there are many many um different opportunities all within their
0: their their reach yeah it's really inspiring um, it's so exciting to know that something like this is happening and exists and that so many companies are, are are able to get involved in supporting what you're doing for students. I think that's how we drive things. You know, the curriculum is one thing, but at the end of the day, we can just get up and do it ourselves.
1: Yeah, no, and these things do make a, a difference. Uh, I, I, you know, they, uh, the reason I said, it's, it's easy to measure impact on one day, but, uh, you know, you, you can't claim massive changes mm-hmm. in one day. It's madness to think. You know, I, I always get a bit cross when I see anyone Uh, sort of say oh we went into this school and now they all want to be (laughs) they all want to work in science or whatever you know this is this is nonsense um but over time you can you really can make a difference to the way a a young person feels about themselves and their confidence in the the, you know the future whatever that might be and you know i mean at the moment we're doing a, a program on ethics because we want young people to be able to articulate what they feel is okay and what they feel is not okay in the whole world of innovation and that you know these you know these things are are important for all of us it's not just about so uh, i guess what i'm trying to say is it's not just about we will do this so that you will go on and you will be um an electrical engineer or you will work in a lab or you'll work and make all sorts of developments in terms of food or whatever it might be it's it's not about pushing young people into science and tech careers it is about absolutely lighting a bit of a fuse so perhaps more of them will think actually i really could do that but it's absolutely about giving those young people a sense of whether i do this as a career or not this is something that really does matter and i i There's a lot that I can do to make sure that I am across as much of this as I as I should be so that I can help, you know, vote for parties who are actually saying the things which matter. Or I can write, you know, that old fashioned thing of a letter to the Times um, if I disagree with something Um, or I if I want to protest about something, I will absolutely understand and be able to articulate what it is I feel isn't right. You know, having you know a, a grounding in in ethical innovation and and what matters uh, is really is really important. And the reason we're doing that with young people is that I feel young people are often considered in terms of ethics, but they're not part of the conversation, and I really want them to be part of the conversation.
0: Yeah, again, makes a lot of sense. Um, and maybe even they might want to be politicians themselves. Who knows?
1: No, but it's important, isn't it? You know, because. Wow. Again, sweeping generalization about to happen. (laughs) Alert is, you know, for a long, long time, we seem to have had so many politicians who do PPE at university. I'm not saying it's not a good subject, I'm sure it is great, um, you know, to do, but they do PPE and then they go and work as a spad or whatever. And then, you know, they, and, you know, we do need more scientific thinkers, uh, people who absolutely, deeply understand the science um and can communicate it mm. because that's the world that we live in.
0: It is. It yeah. really is. So what, what's your vision for the future? Do you think we should fill parliament up with scientists or is there a bit more um bit, bit less extreme approach that you think we should take?
1: Scientists have got better and better at being able to have conversations and involve everybody in those those conversations. I think there's so much that we can do just to help everybody understand the nuances of of science how it's not it isn't black and white it's not right and wrong it it it, that science is something which is constantly evolving and that what was right and was absolutely the correct thing to do five years ago may not be the, the, you know, the what's what's right and correct now. And it doesn't mean that we've just changed our minds. It's just we've developed our thinking. And this is part of the whole process. So I, I think, you know, helping everyone, you know, really, really believe that and not see it as some kind of a weakness. You know, well, why didn't you know this then? Why why am I only finding out now? And And I think scientists, you know, can help in... I think there is a huge responsibility of people for people um to take some level of ownership to developing their own knowledge as opposed to their own opinion because that's slightly different isn't it
0: differentiation i like yeah.
1: it yeah it's slightly different and i am an optimist so i think you know the world will be saved by scientists and engineers um, working for the for the greater good and not for the commercial advantage of a particular company
0: well, I, I like to share your optimism. I think that's a wonderful note. And I think we should end on that wonderful note, Maggie. Um thank you so much for joining us today. That was a really interesting chat. And um oh before before actually, before we go, we should say that you're gonna be at Lab Innovations as well, aren't you? Um, yes,
1: I am. Yeah, so do come uh, join and yeah. we'll have a fun, uh, fun chat and then the awards thing later in the later in the day.
0: Lab Innovations Awards. Excellent. Well, we will look forward to it and um can't wait to hear more from you at Lab Innovations in November.